the hard work. No, you're, you're totally right. Like, just like, you know, Google wasn't the first search engine and Facebook wasn't the first social network. There's always room to do things differently, do things with your own spin. Like the side hustle show certainly wasn't the first entrepreneurial, you know, interview show, but tried to bring uh, a unique spin to it or unique angle to it. And I don't know, it's hard to like re-engineer, recreate what happened, but it took on uh, a life of its own that I really couldn't predict. And I don't know, I don't know how long I would have stuck with it, you know, had I not started to see the the feedback that I did, but it was, it just, it really opened my eyes. Like, okay, podcasting is a really powerful medium in, in that it's, you know, way less competitive than blogging. For example, you know, iTunes is a search engine, way less competitive than Google. It's a chance to build relationships with, you know, really incredible people. And on top of that, build incredible relationships with listeners who are going to spend half hour, 40 minutes with you uh, in their earbuds, you know, week after week. That's so much more valuable than spending, you know, five minutes, like, you know, skimming the the subheaders in your blog post and the bullet points and saying, okay, great. You know, it's, it's a totally different relationship. And it's been, it's been life changing for me. And I'm still using the same $60 mic that I started with, you know, broadcasting, from actually broadcasting today from my son's uh, bedroom closet. My, my office keeps shrinking. So I used to have free reign over the whole living room and now I'm relegated to this tiny little space. But it's, it's an incredible... This is Scratch Your Own Itch. The one show that delivers the conversations that we're afraid to share, but need to. This show is all about creating a life worth living. I'm Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. So, you're going to hear conversations with creators and entrepreneurs talk about what they do, their current and past traumas, how they became who they are, and what they are truly curious about. This is the show where we talk about the things we think about a lot, but need to talk about more. Please take note that this show is not a substitute for actually creating a life worth living, because this show will stir your beliefs, make you question what it means to create a life worth living. So my promise to you is to always give you one question to answer for yourself today, to start turning your dreams into a reality. curiosity question for you is have you ever said to yourself gosh I wish I had my own freaking business all right let me say this again gosh I wish I had my own freaking business and to add to that you know work for my customers work for myself and not to be underpaid doing something I don't truly love And if this is you, I want to let you know that you are not alone. The majority of entrepreneurs set out to create a company with $10,000 or less. That's according to a recent 
into its survey of 500 small businesses across the country. The survey results also revealed that three quarters of those business owners relied on their own savings to get started. Meanwhile, most of them didn't initially feel like they had enough financial backings to actually start up a smart business. 68% said that looking back on their first year in business, they wish they would have spent more time learning about financial management. So, if any of this is sort of scratching your own itch or making you a little uh, interested on how to start a side hustle, because that's the topic we are talking about, starting a side hustle slash business. And I have a guest on today that is a master at this. His name is Nick Loper. And he's not only helping people start side businesses, but he started one himself. And he's been pretty prolific at it. He's an author, online entrepreneur, and the host of the Best Business Podcast, nominated Side Hustle Show, which features new part-time business ideas each week. As chief side hustler at SideHustleNation.com, he loves deconstructing and de- uh, he loves deconstructing the tactics and strategies behind building extra income streams. So. Without further ado, please give a huge warm welcome to the one and only Nick Loper. Hey, Nick, man, how you doing? Oh, what's going on, Tyler? Good to uh, good to finally meet you. Oh, it's Logan. It's cool though. It's cool. Oh, Logan, Tyler, Logan, Tyler, Nelson. That's what I'm going on. My bad. All right, re-record that. Sorry, I'm sorry, dude. Dude, it happens all the time. I'm not even gonna take anything out. It happens all the time. Like people are <laughs> constantly calling me Tyler. I'm like. Ah, you know what? I should just uh, I should just go out there today, go to the court, and just get my name changed. <laughs> you got three first names. That's uh, that's uh, something in itself. I'm sorry about that, dude. Now I feel like really bad. Dude, you know what? Feel the feelings. Let it pass. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, so I just gotta say, first of all, like I love your show. I think it's a great resource for just people that are like taking two ideas that they have and so like maybe they're interested in 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 sports right and then they're also interested in um talking to people uh so they're like you know what i want to start a side hustle where i just go around and i deliver news about sports and so they take these two ideas and they start somehow really creatively make a business out of it um, and I just think that like your video, your, your, your show is called side hustle, but it should really just be called like artists making money, uh, <laughs> show, because it's amazing that people are, are actually becoming very prolific in their, uh, two ideas and combining them to one. Well, that's an interesting way to frame it. And now I'm looking, thinking back through the archives you're like, yeah, there are a lot of people kind of combining. I mean, that's what it is. Combining a couple things in a unique way to make to make a compelling offer yeah absolutely so um i i absolutely love it and i i kind of want to start off the show by asking uh you know, how you're scratching your own itch and and that means you know you have a problem with yourself and so you start solving that problem and you actually turn it into some sort of business by solving that problem for yourself um when i ask you that what does that mean to you and and what's your story behind the side hustle nation and all that as well. 
Um, scratching my own itch, man. There's um, a couple, I guess. I mean, all the business examples could be scratching my own itch in in a certain way. So my original side hustle was a footwear comparison shopping site. It was um, it would aggregate the catalogs from Zappos and Amazon and all these other online shoe stores, and it would spit back out where do you can find the best price on a particular model of shoes. And I was not I was not my own best customer. I probably bought you know three pairs over the course of ten years, but it was a frustration with the existing comparison shopping sites that were out there back when you know comparison shopping was a thing before people started all their product searches on Amazon. It was like, you know, how do you know this is the best deal? Or are there any coupons out there that would reshuffle the rankings? Or like, how much is shipping going to cost? And all this stuff. And so that's what you kind of set out to build. And that had a the little side business, had a good run, became a full-time operation for a long time. And, you know, started all really the side hustle stuff and, and lots of other projects on the side of that. But that was what got me, that was what got me started. Just a little, little shoe, little shoe business. Are you still, uh at all inside of that shoe business or is that just kind of uh, one and done? Did you sell it? I, in hindsight, I, I wish I'd sold it. It kind of waned and, uh, and it died kind of a, a slow and painful death uh, a few years ago. It's, you know, when my, my virtual assistant started making more than me some months, it was like, this is not, this is not working on. But luckily at the time had a couple other projects, including the, the side hustle show that were, were more fun and we're, we're starting to see some traction. So that's where I, I focus my energy after that. Very neat. Very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, so do you, uh, have a story behind just like what made you, like what made you really get more interested in all these side hustles and to start your show? And I mean, to go, 300 plus episodes on just um, not only stories about yourself and your side hustles, but stories about other people. And, and where did you find these people? And, and <laughs> dig deep. Yeah. Man. So the show started almost out of like peer pressure in that everybody was like, Oh, you got to start a podcast. Audio is the future. iTunes is amazing. And I was like, well, that sounds better than starting video um let me give it a shot like honestly no idea you know how to start a show how to be a good host how to do any of this stuff but it was like okay being uh, an introvert it's like well you can interview people and let them do most of the talking and you know maybe some of their smarts will rub off on you and you can learn some stuff along the way so part of it was selfless in that you know you could share that that wisdom with uh, with anybody listening and part of it was selfish because like well you know, sometimes these people have talked to people who charge a thousand dollars an hour or more for their time. And here they're given 40 minutes of free consultation in a way. It's like, well, shoot, I better go and act on this. I better go implement this stuff and and have turned several of the guests uh, suggestions and ideas into uh, income streams, businesses of my own. Hey, friends. So let me ask you real quick. Are you someone who's trying to get more visibility, who's trying to be in front of the crowd, well, if that's you, I want to let you know that, first of all, you're not alone. Second of all, if you want to get on more podcasts or ones that actually scratch your own itch, meaning maybe you have a book or a business, 
Or maybe you do speaking. Or if you don't yet do speaking, maybe you can. And maybe you'd love to. Well, I put something together for you. And in this little giveaway, I'm going to show you how to pitch yourself or podcast and how to actually be professional when you show up so you can be the next authority in your niche so you can start scratching your own itch. I know what it's like to build something, create something, and then there just be crickets. No one wants that. You need to be seen. You need to be heard because you have a message to share, a message that is worthy of hearing. Podcasts nowadays, more than ever, are being consumed by people. And guess who's actually learning the knowledge that's being shared? It's podcast listeners. It gives you a license to be an authority in whatever area you really dream of being an authority in. So if this at all starts to give you a little itch to scratch, just email logan at logantylernelson.com. Again, that's Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com. Let me let me ask you this, because this is where I think a lot of people end up not. It's kind of like writing a book, right? Like people are like, I'm really afraid to write a book because all of those ideas have been taken, and I, I don't want to copy anybody. But like, I started finally just drinking this sort of juice that's called artist, great artist at least, steal. And so in a way, like great entrepreneurs also steal. Like why wouldn't you take from the best something that you know is, is working for someone else and kind of use it to make your life better, right? And so is there any inkling of, of like, I uh, kind of feel bad about taking that certain person's idea and actually putting it into place? Or do you just go, you know, hey, I think execution's where it actually comes down to the the hard work? No, you're, you're totally right. Like, just like, you know, Google wasn't the first search engine and Facebook wasn't the first social network. There's always room to do things differently, do things with your own spin. Like, the side hustle show certainly wasn't the first entrepreneurial, you know, interview show, but tried to bring uh, a unique spin to it or unique angle to it. And I don't know, it's hard to like re-engineer, recreate what happened, but it took on uh, a life of its own that I really couldn't predict. And I don't know, I don't know how long I would have stuck with it, you know, had I not started to see the the feedback that I did, but it was... It just it really opened my eyes like, OK, podcasting is a really powerful medium in, in that it's you know way less competitive than blogging. For example, you know, iTunes is a search engine way less competitive than Google. It's a chance to build relationships with, you know, really incredible people. And on top of that, build incredible relationships with listeners who are going to spend half hour, 40 minutes with you uh, in their earbuds, you know, week after week. That's so much more valuable than spending you know, five minutes, like, you know, skimming the, the subheaders in your blog post and the bullet points and saying, okay, great. You know, it's, it's a totally different relationship and it's been, it's been life-changing for me. And I'm still using the same $60 mic that I started with, you know, broadcasting from actually broadcasting today from my son's uh, bedroom closet. My, my office keeps shrinking. So I used to have free reign over the whole living room and now I'm relegated to this tiny little space, but it's, 
it's an incredible broadcast medium with very little barrier to entry. And I think that's that's really cool. Yeah, that's uh, the the coolest thing ever. And I wanna I wanna commend you though on your uh, and talk a little bit about your your copywriting skills because I am a subscriber to your emails and I love the way um, you're able to engage people. And how did you get good at copywriting, or how did you um, like sort of uh, like where'd you learn your skills? I don't know. Years and years of practice. I don't know. It's so. So the story is: I try and send out a, a newsletter every Thursday. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't happen, and, and it's every couple of weeks. But it, it probably takes an hour to write that email, and 50 minutes of that is spent on the subject line and the first line of the email, right? Because that's what's going to show up in somebody's inbox and like the little preview pane before they decide to click. And sometimes. I hit it and it does well. And sometimes it was like, well, that was a dud and nobody opens it. And you're like, you know, you kind of learn from that, which patterns tend to, to, to do well. And so it's a practice of having done it for almost 300 weeks in a row. You know, it's just trying to figure, figure it out. And like, well, you know, and sometimes I ask my wife, you know, would you click on that? Sometimes I try and force myself to write 10 subject lines before I pick one because it's usually not the first one that I end up going with. It's, uh, I don't know, it's just a practice thing. I love it. I love it because it's just like every every single email I get from you, I'm like, ah, Nick, I, I don't I don't need another idea about a side hustle. I don't know. <laughs> and I open it up and I'm like, ah, oh, okay, this is kind of good. <laughs> well, you can look, I mean, you could do this, you know, in, in your own inbox and say, well, what, which were which were the ones that were compelling enough for you to click on? One is like the trust with the sender, right? Like, do I do I care enough, even if it is, you know, an interesting subject line, like, do I care enough to open this? But other ones are like, um, you know, why, you know, you know, they got to leave you wanting more a little bit. One company that does really, really well with this is rover.com. It's uh, like an Airbnb for dogs, like a dog sitting service. Um, And when I signed up for the site, they made me punch in the name of my dog. Um, mochi is our little, is our little side hustle shih tzu. So every, uh, you know, every email I get them from them or almost every email I get from them has mochi in the subject line. Is mochi barking too much? How to stop mochi from, you know, destroying your furniture or is mochi sad? And so, and it's like, you know, it's like, well, crap, I want to click on that. I want to learn like, how am I neglecting my dog or whatever? Um, <laughs> am I scarring him for life? So they do a really good job with it. And then there's other ones that you get you know, and the example is my former employer. So I used to work for Ford and somehow got on their newsletter list. And it was like August newsletter. I just wanted to like screen capture this and send it to someone like in the marketing department and be like, really, this is the best you could come up with was August newsletter. Not like, you know, the new, you'll never guess. Oh, I don't know. The, the new Mustang has however many horsepower, you know, just anything, anything would be better than August newsletter. Oh man, I love this. I love this. Oh man, so much. I love this because, uh, gosh, I didn't even know there was a rover. Like, it's exactly the definition of what an artist is: is to take one business and combine it to another one. Like a dog, dog walking, uh, meets Airbnb. <laughs> that is great. Um, so I want to ask, uh, just let's get down to tactics and, and something that someone can implement today. Maybe there's a listener out there right now that's like, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'm waking up and I have like two hours of free time and then I go to work 
and then I am done with work, and I'm, you know, I kind of want to just, like, relax and, and do things that I want to do, and then uh, I get tired uh, after a couple of hours just sitting around and watching Netflix or whatnot after work, and, and I'm really generalizing. I don't know your life. I can't get into this. Uh, whoever is listening right now that needs to listen to you, you know, your heart, I think, though, is a way of uh, knowing which side hustle to even open up is to listen to your heart. Um, when you uh, sort of help, you know, friends of yours or maybe you coach with this, what is like one question that you ask someone when they're deciding that they want to start a side hustle? Oh, man, uh, we could go open a can of worms on this stuff just in terms of like trying to come up with a side hustle idea or like, I mean, because there's a million different directions you could go. Yeah. So like a person's like, you know, hey, I want to do a side hustle and I have I have a very strong interest in I love talking to people. I love uh, I love being able to talk about um, you know, their stories. I love talk. I love being able to share their messages. Um, but I just don't, I don't know how to do that. And I don't know how I would ever make money doing something like that. Right, right, right. Well, think of, you know, first of all, a business is, uh, a, a system that solves people's problems or solves companies' problems. Right. And so, you know, that's where, that's where the dollars are. And so there's a lot of, oh, well, how do I make money online? It's like, well, the simple answer is, solve somebody's problem, right? Um, one way to go about that is what I'll call the intersection method. So you have a, a sheet of paper with three columns. The first column is your skills and your uh, expertise. Like, what do you consider yourself good at? What do, maybe more importantly, what do other people consider yourself, consider you good at? You know, you can even just go down your resume because every job you've ever had was by definition a skill somebody thought was worth paying for. And so you write all that stuff down in column one. Column two is the stuff that you're interested in. You know, you could call it passionate about. I don't necessarily think you should start a business around your passion, but like the stuff you're interested in, hobbies, um, you know, what do you like to do outside of work, that kind of thing. And then column three is your network or, you know, who you know, and maybe even, you know, to take it out another degree, your network's network of like, who do you, you know, who do the, who do the people you know know? And, you know, how could you, just trying to think of like, who could you potentially reach? Who could you potentially serve? And so for me, when I went through this exercise, the business that uh, came out of it was a freelance editing business, like for, for self-published authors. So in the first column, I had stuff like, you know, writing, I've been blogging for years, um, was a decent student in, in school, like got A's in English. So, you know, that was, that was kind of like check the box there in the, in the center column or like, what are your interests? Like I loved to read and do, you know, self-improvement business books, that kind of thing. And then in the third column was like, as an author myself at the time, like had a little bit of a presence inside some Facebook groups for different authors. It's like, well, that might be a potential avenue to, to get customers. I actually ended up getting my first clients for that side hustle uh, on Fiverr um, of all places. But, you know, it was just kind of a, a test to see, okay, if I put this offer out to the world, is anybody going to take me up on that? And so that was kind of the intersection of those three columns. I said, look, I don't want to read your vampire romance, but if you're writing a nonfiction book, if you're writing a business book, like I'm your guy, I think I can edit that for you. And ended up doing quite a few books. Some of them were, were actually really, really interesting and other ones were 
pretty awful and, and really hard to, to get through. But it was like, you know, it was a cool learning experience. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because uh, I think it really breaks down like that's a system. And I think that that's kind of um, the secret towards knowing that whatever you're doing right now is something that even though it's not working, as long as you can put it into a system and have a process, that, that awesome other word, process, to the way that you're doing things, like doing the the three chart or the three section chart, which I really love that you talk about, uh, is a system or a process that you can go down and do it right now. Like, uh, stop this and start it, or or and or maybe listen to the rest of this because we might get into some awesome more stuff. But I mean, to really, I'll put in the show notes uh, sort of like checklist that you did. That's awesome, man. Like I took notes just now. I'm like wow, this is a great idea. Um, because it really does come down to like, yeah, you can be uh, the greatest editor in the world, but if you're not editing anyone's books other than your own, and you're not helping else anyone solve their problems or their pain points, then you don't have a business. <laughs> and so I love how complicated we can make it, though, as um, the world today nef- definitely is is very, very... Uh, it's cool kind of to be an entrepreneur or it's like it's savvy. Like I, every time I go on YouTube, uh, there's ads just popping up with, did you know that I could start your business today uh, just with $5? It's like the coolest thing in the world is to be an entrepreneur. It used <laughs> to be be an actor, but now it's just be a side hustle entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know if you have run into this too, but like the common perception is, you know, I got to come up with something that's never been done before. It's got to be super innovative and curve jumping, new technology, startup, raise, you know, venture capital and stuff. Like the truth is like you just have to do something and it's probably safer to do something that somebody else is already doing just with your own unique spin on it. So I was chatting with uh, Noah Kagan about this on the podcast on, you know, how do you validate a business idea? And he's like, look, how many sushi restaurants are in San Francisco or how many Mexican, I don't forget what he, what he used. Maybe he loves tacos. So maybe it was Mexican restaurants in San Francisco. And I was like, I have no idea, like dozens. Right. Um, and he's like, well, how many of them have been in business for longer than a year? Like probably almost all of them. Right. And he's like, look, if they have been in business for more than a year, like, you know, or at least you can be reasonably confident that they're making money. And it's like, look, they they're serving Mexican food. Like it's not this crazy innovative business idea. They're just doing it in their own unique way. Maybe they have some special recipe or maybe they just have a corner on their little neighborhood market. And that's, you know, that's the demographic that they serve. It's like, they're not coming up with some crazy, you know, the next, you know, the next Facebook, the next Airbnb. It's just, Hey, you know, what is a problem that people have? Hey, I need Mexican food. Hey, I can solve that. Hey, people need their books edited. Hey, I can solve that. Hey, people need their websites designed. Hey, I could solve that. (laughs) <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Uh, you're so right. You and Noah. I, I got to listen to that episode. Is it out yet? Yeah, that one. Um, it was a really good conversation. He talked about, you know, validating different business, you know, how to come up with business ideas. Like he's, he's just, um, he's an entertaining guy and, and definitely has a very, very smart head on his shoulders. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, I emailed him a long time ago. Um, haven't, haven't really, uh, followed up with them. Uh, I've just been more so scratching my own itch and just getting people that I, I know like right now that have a podcast that I really look up to. So, um, yeah, like I love that though, that you guys go down that, that, that talk about just like, it's, 
it's not as complicated as I think everyone makes it out to be. Um, and that's easy to do. I get it. Like you're not alone if you're, you know, gone through a couple hundred ideas of a business and then been like, no, not that one. Ah, no, not that one. Ah, do I really (laughs) want to do that one? Oh, people are already doing that. And I've gone, I'm totally guilty of this too. Like I come up with like some crazy idea that I think is like super innovative. And then I, you know, Google it and turns out like, oh, somebody else already come up with that. And that can be depressing. But at the same time, like my wife and her partner started a uh, wedding photography business. And of course, there were already other wedding photographers in town. But, you know, they carved out a nice little side hustle. And, you know, they built up a portfolio and they've, you know, raised their rates. And they, you know, it's something that they enjoy doing. And it's like, had they Googled Livermore Wedding Photographer, you know, they would have felt like, oh, somebody else is already doing this. Like, well, of course somebody else is already doing this. Like, that means there's demand. People are getting married, you know. So there's uh, probably less pressure or less of a need to you know, be super, super innovative, probably more risk involved in trying to like come up with something that's never been done before than to, you know, go down the proven path just with your own expertise or with your own unique angle on it. Nice. I love it. So when you're not uh, doing awesome side hustle shows and you're not helping other people with their side hustles, what are you super curious about? Like what, uh, what's really uh, sort of like itching uh, for uh, Nick Loper to, to sort of scratch. Man, we've been trying to figure out some travel plans for the summer. We've been trying to figure out like long term. Okay, you know, where do we, where do we want to live? What do we want to do? Because we got a young family, and it's like, well, you know, pretty soon they're gonna start like you know actual school. They're dictated by the school calendar. So trying to figure out where we want to end up. You know, we love it here in in California, but it's it's an expensive place to live. And you're like, if you can work from anywhere, you know does it matter you know would you would you be happy someplace else so that's kind of like we're, we're doing some soul searching on, on some of that stuff lately um work-wise trying to figure out what the next the next big thing is you know the next project maybe something on the on the lines of uh helping people come up with that first business idea just getting people off the sidelines like that's the it's a really empowering moment it's a really um I don't know, like my wife has seen it. I've seen it in a dozen different businesses. It's just like, it's super cool to get paid for something, you know, outside of a, outside of a real job. Hey, Logan Tyler Nelson here. I would so appreciate it if you took some time to hit the subscribe button. I really want to just honestly live and give. Why? Because I was told when I was young that if you're feeling down, the best way to feel better is by lifting someone up again. So in an effort to make someone feel less alone, please hit the subscribe button so the podcast has a better chance of being found and making someone feel less alone. And if you're feeling down, hey, it can help you. Know that by hitting that subscribe button, you just did someone a huge favor. So thank you for hitting that subscribe button. Yeah, that would probably be the coolest penny earned when you finally go wow like I really I had the idea and I made a reality out of it by just implementing it and solving someone else's pain point Um, but I want to switch over to what I call scratching the surface curiosity questions where uh, just questions that I came up throughout the week Uh, the mission of it is to make someone feel a little less alone so I'm going to be asking some deeper questions and then we'll have some fun too with it okay all right, well, well, we'll edit out the awkward pauses as I try and come up with an answer. 
<laughs> no, you'll you'll do great. You'll do great. <laughs> uh, I believe in you, Nick. I believe in you. Okay. Uh, so the first question I gotta ask is, um, it's a giving's giving question where it's a thought maybe you had about yourself or had about someone else that you felt a little embarrassed or ashamed about having. It give. Sorry, say that giving giving. It's sort of like a giving's giving's question where it makes someone feel less alone because we all have thoughts that are kind of negative. And I just want to make someone feel less alone about having a negative thought about themselves or maybe about someone else. Man, I have negative thoughts about myself all the time. Let's <laughs> like, hear it. <laughs> like, you're not like the, and this is actually been, I think, an important thing to realize is like, look, you're not that good. <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is um, really when it when it first hit me was uh, in college, I was running this painting business or like a college painting internship type of thing. And, you know, up until that point, like I was, you know, had, had I don't know, I want to say like an easy life, but like, you know, had been the valedictorian and had, you know, earned my Eagle Scout and like, you know, things didn't necessarily come easily to me, but like, if I worked hard, like I could accomplish my goals and stuff. Right. And same thing was true with the painting business, but like it was in order of magnitude, like harder work. It was just like anything that could go wrong did go wrong. And it was just crazy stressful stuff for like 19 year old working hundred hour weeks, like trying to make things right on these houses, like people's like actual houses. Like, you know, you screw something up and it's like, this costs real money. What, and what was eye opening to me was I was like probably top, 50%, maybe top 25% of like the, the, you know, interns in the company in terms of, you know, the work sold and the work produced. But like there were people who sold more than me and worked way less than me. It's like, what am I doing wrong? And that was really eye opening. Like you are not that good. You're not that great of a salesman. You're not that great of a painter. Like, what are you doing out here? And it was like, these guys have got it figured out. And that was really helpful to me. Same thing in the podcast world, in the blogging world, you see stuff all the time. And it's actually really inspiring now like you might you, you know same thing like oh somebody already came up with that business idea or somebody already wrote the epic post on blah 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 and you're like well why why should i even bother but like it's actually really inspiring because it kind of like inspires you to raise your game on the podcast front and i know you this was like supposed to be a scratch the surface question so we're going a little bit deeper but on the podcast front um we're sitting at podcast movement in 2015 the second year of podcast movement and we were having this hallway conversation with Srini Rao, who hosts um, The Unmistakable Creative, and has a, he's got a book called, uh, what's it called, Unmistakable, uh, Only Why Only is Better Than Best, or Why Different is Better Than Best. And, you know, his his comment, because we were talking about, like, man, there's a lot of, like, NPR shows here. You know, there's a lot of, like, really well-produced shows. He's like, that's what you were competing with for people's earbuds. And it's like, that was kind of a call to, like, step up the production game, step up you know, how you research and structure your shows in such a way that, um, you know, that's valuable for people's, you know, to spend their time listening to it. So um, a very long winded answer to, to that question. Like, you know, just the realization, like, look, you're not that good. Like that's been helpful for me. No, I love, I love that. Even though it was supposed to be scratching the surface, everything you just said, virtual high five all the way. Uh, that's <laughs> a, a very good point that I think, it just ego is the enemy for a lot of us, I think, and it actually um, stifles a lot of us. And I know I'm not speaking above anybody when I, uh, you know, right now when you're listening to this, 
I know for a fact that I have to kind of check myself before I wreck myself because I think, <laughs> you know, uh, whenever any awesome accomplishment happens and someone tries to give me a better way of doing it, I go, no, no, I, I've got my way. It's it's fine. Or, you know, like, you, you know, like for you with the valedictorian, like I'm, I'm smart as heck. Like I got valedictorian, <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, the next question I would, I want to ask you is, uh, what do you think is a is a um, application on your phone that someone uh, has taken and actually turned into a side hustle and made money from it? So, for example, like maybe there's logo designing, or maybe there is someone who uh, uses uh, you know only they only edit on their phone, and so they use the the notes uh, application. What's like one of your favorite apps for that? Oh my gosh, the first. Um the first app that I check every day, it's like, uh, Instagram. So probably embarrassed to admit that, but you know, I'm, there are Insta celebrities that, you know, make a ton of money from selling products on Instagram or, you know, doing sponsored posts on Instagram. So that's one way to build uh, an audience for sure. The other app that comes to mind or something that I started using again, uh, in the past couple of weeks is my fitness pal, which is like a meal tracker app, um, or calorie counting app kind of in a way. Um, but I mean, there's people who build entire, you know, fitness related, health and fitness related businesses and just use that as a as a tool kind of in their arsenal as well. That's an interesting question. I don't know. Like, I'm going to flip that around and ask you, like, what what would be an app on your phone that somebody's turned into a business? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I think that there's an opportunity to use the the um, what's called a video rama where it's like a. An, a it's sort of app that you can just use to to edit videos and to put logos on there while like you're you're doing your thing while you're you know you're giving some education there's like or maybe you're doing an impression of somebody I do impressions myself and I used to use that app as like a way to do an impression a celebrity impression and then have the name like pop up and I think that's an awesome opportunity for someone to just teach a course on it and just get it out there and just maybe, I don't know, charge $10 each time they they try out that course. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's one. And then I also think that another app that people don't use enough of is uh, Typerama, which is a great app, which uh, allows you to, to edit pictures that you have and, and, you know, plug it into Instagram with some sort of text on it. Okay. Well, yeah, both of those are new to me. So now I'm looking at my phone and I'm kind of like, obviously the uh, the podcast app is a huge one for side hustles. I've got Uber, Lyft, um, the Amazon seller app, you know, which lets you scan items in the store and see what they're selling for on Amazon, potential arbitrage opportunities there. Um, I've got the Eventbrite app if you want to host, um, uh, you know, host uh, workshops or something, conferences locally. Um, and then I've got uh, Ibotta, which is one of my favorite random side hustles, like scanning grocery store receipts and getting, you know, 25 cents to five bucks back on what you bought at the store. Um, I've got GigWalk, um, which, you know, sometimes there's gigs near me, sometimes there's not. Basically, oftentimes it's like going into the store and like taking pictures and then put three or four bucks in your account. Got stuff like Uber Eats and Caviar, like deliver food. And I've got like Airbnb. So lots and lots of different app based uh, side hustle opportunities for sure. So cool. So, so cool. Uh, so I got to ask you, I'd be, I'd be really kicking myself in the butt if I didn't ask this question because you're an interviewer yourself. What is uh, someone that you really wish you could sit down in front of you 
and ask a question to. And they can be living or they can be no longer with us. And if you chose this person, what kind of question would you want to ask them? Man, that's a good question. Like I've actually kind of shied away from doing, you know, celebrity style interviews because often the best stories come from the people you never heard of. But like who would be interesting? You know who would be an interesting one is uh, Jimmy Buffett. So I'm like a, a, a parrot head because my parents were into his music, or especially my mom was into his music like growing up. So like those songs are like very familiar to me. But what's interesting about Jimmy is he's like, I don't, I don't know how old he is. He's got to be pushing 70 if he's not already. Um, he's still out there touring. He calls it like his, you know, the world's greatest summer job. People ask him like, if you ever get sick of playing Margaritaville? He's like, this has been paying the rent for 40 years. Like I'll play it every time out there. But what's interesting about it is like he's got you know, a line of blenders. He's got his own beer. He's got tequila. He's got restaurants and hotels. Like he's got this whole empire that is totally separate. It's like tied into the music, but it's totally separate from the music. Whereas like, okay, how is he able to create that where other musicians don't, right? Other musicians kind of stop at like the tour and the merch. Whereas he's like, he's, he's like, a, he's a mogul. Like he's built this whole brand, this whole thing around, uh, around it. And it's just, you know, might be an interesting conversation to see like, well, how did all that all go down? Oh, that's so, oh, but if you look, there's other artists that kind of do that too. Like Francis Ford Coppola has his wine business, um, the Coppola wine and, and, but he's also a, I would say without a, a doubt, top five directors that's ever <laughs> directed a movie. I mean, Godfather and, right, uh, right. Just, uh, yeah, but I love that you point that out because that's so true that um, there are just so many opportunities. So when you create one really great art, like when you get so good they can't ignore you, Cal Newport's so good they can't ignore you in one area, there's just easy opportunity to uh, leverage that and turn it into something even bigger. Um, but that would, be a, that would be a solid conversation to have with Jimmy. Yeah, that would be a fun one. <laughs> For sure. Um so the next question I'd like to ask is if you could pick out just one sort of big life change that you noticed in yourself after you started interviewing people, what would that be? So the the, the biggest unexpected benefit has been the really worldwide network of listeners and, um, and, and really building the network myself, like building, you know, network just, you know, with listeners and with guests, like that's been really kind of unexpected. I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, it's kind of obvious after the fact, but that was kind of an interesting thing. Like, so I've been able to meet with listeners, you know, all over the country, like every, everywhere I travel, like try and hold a meetup. We've met listeners with like in Vietnam, in Japan, in Prague, like all over the place. It's like really, really rewarding. Um, and that's probably the, I mean, that's like, the most fun thing in the world is like, you know, making these, you know, person to person connections all, all over the world. Like that just makes, makes the world smaller when you travel. And it's, it's been really fun to see. Sorry, I had you on mute for a second. Uh, what is uh one person that you interviewed that kind of like their, their side hustle was, it was cool, but their story like and and go a little bit into their story what was the craziest story you heard from someone uh had that that was on your show 
Oh my God, there's a ton. Let me do, let me do two. And, and I do got to jump off at the top of the hour, but, For sure. um, one, so the first one is, uh, Vincent Puglisi. He's a professionally trained photojournalist. He finds himself mid thirties, um, six figures in debt, baby on the way, making 15 bucks an hour. And he's like, this is not going to work. You know, um, he goes into his boss and, you know, he's just one you know, the most prestigious award in his industry, like international sports photographer of the year or something crazy like that goes in his boss. The boss is like, Hey man, I fought, uh, I fought for 4%, but I could only get you a 3% raise. And he's like, you gotta be kidding me. You know? <laughs> um, and so his dad, he calls up his dad, like looking for extra work and his dad lives 15 hours away. Like it doesn't even make any sense. Dad's like, look, you, son, you have this skill. You're just not using it. Right. And you know, why don't you do weddings? Why don't you do corporate events? He's like, I'm a journalist, man. I don't do that crap. But eventually swallowed his pride. He started doing that. And, you know, four years later, four years of hustle, serious hustle, you know, paid off all the debt, you know, paid off the house, you know, and had built, you know, had kind of this moment of realization. Like I could work two weekends a month and make the same amount that I did in my day job. And it was just like, well, why, why was I doing that anymore? What was and what's kind of more interesting is like he had, you know, no real aud online audience to speak of, but ended up partnering with a guy who did to create this sports photography course, like how to take better pictures of your kids at their t-ball game, at their soccer game and stuff, and sold 30 grand worth of this course on the first day. So he went from making 30 grand a year to making 30 grand in a day. And I just, you know, I love that story. I've hung out with Vincent at a, at a, a few events in the past year or two. And he's a super genuine guy. He's awesome. The other story that comes to mind is Teresa Greenway, who teaches people how to bake the world's best sourdough bread. And Teresa is uh, a mother of 10. She has escaped kind of an abusive relationship. And she's making, when we spoke, she's making four or five grand a month teaching these bread baking courses on udemy.com which is a u-d-e-m-y it's like a peer-to-peer -peer education platform and she told me like you know start with what you have when you have it and she told me that her first course has a lot of close-ups of her hands working the dough because she doesn't want people to know that she's filming in this dingy garage like if i zoom out you're going to see the oil stain on the floor and my like you know crappy clunky laptop that's about to break it, just, it was a really really inspiring story so cool. So, so, so cool. Actually, uh, I've messaged Vincent a couple of times. Oh, nice. So, uh, he, yeah, he's a super kind dude too. And his stories, that is, I mean, that, <laughs> that is crazy. That is, uh, that's nuts. It's kind of like this sort of overnight success that you hear from the Oscars is sort of like, yeah, this was an overnight success, except for also 35 years of auditioning <laughs> for free, you know, and, um, yeah. So, um, anyways, though, where, uh, can anybody that is listening to this, where can they support you and your efforts, my man? Of course, would love to have you tune into the side hustle show. You can find it on iTunes or you can find it at sidehustlenation.com. And if uh, you're still looking for that side hustle idea, would love to have you hit up sidehustlenation.com slash ideas for a uh, constantly updated laundry list of ideas. Hopefully get the creative juices flowing over there. Yes, uh, please check it out. It is an amazing resource. And I'll tell you what, anyone that's listening right now to this, uh, just know that you're listening to someone that is, um, he's a great character. Like, he means uh, a, a lot to me. 
um, because of just the amount of, of material and content that he puts out there for me to uh, feel less anxiety and less scared about maybe starting a new venture. Uh, he gives so much information around before, like before, you know, selling yourself short and, and maybe spending a bunch of money on something that's not going to work. Uh, Nick really validates the idea and goes out uh, along his way, uh, way above his way, I mean, in in helping people. So um, thank you so much, Nick, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And keep doing what you're doing, man. Uh, I hope we stay in contact. Well, I appreciate the invite, Logan, not Tyler. And uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll catch up soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I know you got a bookie, so uh, I'll let you go. You have a really, really awesome day, Nick. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks. See ya. There's another episode of Scratch Your Own Itch. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to support the show by listening. Um, the biggest compliment you could ever pay me is just by sharing this because honestly, it doesn't take much and it feels so good when people create something and take time. And when I see someone take time to create something that really just changed my day either made me feel less alone, made me put a smile on my face, made me laugh, made me feel wiser. I always want to share it with the world because why? When I share something that resonates with me, why not share it? I mean, that's just kind of the thing that goes around and it's free. It takes no time at all other than just a click of the button, share. On either Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, any of those social media platforms would be great to share this. So I really appreciate it. And I want to say that um, anybody who's looking to gain authority or expertise in their area and they don't want to take another year or year and a half to write a book and wait until that's published, I think the best way is right now is to start a podcast. So if you're at all interested in starting a podcast, if you meet the certain requirements, I would love to help you with a podcast and also get a website going for you as well. And this is not an easy task. It's hard to actually get it done and get it out there. So every now and then we need some help and I'm here for you. So please reach me at Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com if you're interested at all. And don't ever forget, you matter and you're enough.